and welcome to Unmanageable, news from the unruly people and places of Mendocino County, California. I'm your host, Alicia Bales. In episode one, you heard the voices of a group of people who stayed outside for over a week during this winter's atmospheric rivers to protect two eagles in Potter Valley. There are a lot of big problems in our county and in the world, but sometimes it's the small things, the silent things, the things that most people don't see, that capture our imagination and become the most important to us especially when those little things are threatened. Today's episode is about a very important little thing. It's a minnow, actually, called the Clear Lake Hitch that is so close to extinction, there's a very real possibility that this spawning season could be its last. The hitch is treasured by the Pomo people of Lake County, and they are determined to save it. The Clear Lake Hitch used to spawn by the millions, swimming up the tributaries that flow into the lake to lay their eggs and rear their young, and then return to the open water. The Hitch population has been in decline for 150 years, but has completely collapsed in the last five. In 2021, only a few dozen Hitch were observed in the lake, and last year, there were only six. When we talk about Hitch some people say, oh, that's just a fish. Ron Montes is an elder from the Big Valley Band of Pomo Indians in Lake County. On Tuesday, January 24th, he and dozens of others spoke at a packed hearing at the Lake County Board of Supervisors. The board was considering whether to pass an emergency proclamation about the potential extinction of the Clear Lake Hitch. There was a time, not too long ago, when people... Native people would come from Sonoma, Mendocino, Sacramento area. Up north would come down and camp around these creeks we're talking about. And then that fish was in so abundant supply that every one of those tribal people who came, they took home enough to supply their food for until the next season. The first time I heard of the Clear Lake Hitch was only a few months ago at the Grace Hudson Museum in Ukiah. Artist Mio Marufo curated the exhibit Gathering Time, Pomo Art During the Pandemic, the first exhibit in Grace Hudson's history to feature exclusively Pomo art. For the Ukiah First Friday Art Walk in October, Mio set up a table to show people how to weave tule reeds to make a traditional Lake County pomo toy in the shape of a bird called a bittern. The story says that the bittern bird stands tall in the tule, hiding with its neck stretched out and swaying to act like the tules. It stands there so that it is the first to see the hitch moving towards the creeks. It makes a sound that can be heard by the Lake Pomo and it's ready to tell us when it's time to go to the creeks and get ready to fish. 
So when you're in Clear Lake in the late winter, early spring, which is actually about now, after the after the cold rains end next month, they'll start to travel. The hitch will start traveling up the streams and you're gonna hear a sound and it sounds like a giant water drop. And it goes, go, And it just sounds like a big giant water drop dripping. And it's one of the sounds that the that the bitcher makes. And they also make a sound, but this dripping, it doesn't sound like it could come from the throat of anything. When the hitch start moving up the stream, if you go and you know where the hitch start coming up and you listen in the tulies, if you're away from the road, if you're away from everything and you just listen, you will hear that and it really, it's, it's really deep and it resonates and you can hear it for, you can hear it for quite a ways, but the bittern tell us when the hitch are coming up. And so that's why we started making the bittern birds. So the hitch are the indigenous minnow that lives in Clear Lake only. Um, this is a smallmouth minnow, but it gets up to 10 to 14 inches and they're edible. But what they do is when they spawn, they live in the lake, they live in Clear Lake and they're indigenous to Clear Lake. So when you hear the word hitch, it's usually our fish here in, our, in Lake County. When the cold waters come down the streams, it sets off a spawning cycle and they start going up to the streams. These fish used to come up the streams like Middle Creek, Adobe Creek, Clover Creek. Um, they used to come up the streams by the thousands. So if you've ever seen like a really big salmon run, um, how salmon spawn, Picture that times five, times 10. You used to literally be able to walk across the fish. The Pomo tribes of Lake County, led by the Big Valley Band, Robinson Rancheria, Habematol, Scotts Valley Tribe, Elam, and the Koi Nation, have spent decades trying to stop the collapse of the hitch, which they also call by its traditional name, chai. They document fish kills, rescue stranded fish, monitor stream flows, advocate for habitat restoration, and meet tirelessly with state and federal agencies. About 10 years ago, the Center for Biological Diversity, one of the largest and most uncompromising environmental groups in the country, caught wind of the POMO's efforts to save the Clear Lake Hitch. My name is Meg Townsend, and I am a freshwater attorney and senior attorney at the Center for Biological Diversity. Did you say freshwater attorney? That's right. <laughs> what is that? Um, I am an attorney who works to protect species that primarily live um, and rely on freshwater, um, such as fish, amphibians, riparian dependent bird species, um, and mussels and mollusks, and anything that loves rivers and lakes. 
in 2012, the center petitioned the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service um, and, and also the California Fish and Game Commission to list the Clear Lake Hitch as an endangered or threatened species under the Federal Endangered Species Act and under the California Endangered Species Act, or CESA. Um, and so we've been involved for a really long time, over a decade now, in trying to protect the Clear Lake Hitch. In 2014, the California Fish and Game Commission determined that listing the hitch under the state ESA was warranted and adopted regulations in 2016, you know, listing the Clear Lake Hitch as a threatened species. But it took a really long time for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service um, to study and summarize the science and data. And then in December of 2020, you know, the twilight of former President Donald Trump's administration, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service decided that listing the Clear Lake Hitch under the Federal Endangered Species Act was not warranted. So, and what happened after they refused to list it in December of 2020? In August um, of 2021, we filed our complaint against the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. We also named um, Secretary of the Interior, Deb Holland, in our complaint, and Director of the Fish and Wildlife Service, Martha Williams. Um, shortly after we filed our lawsuit, we had a call with agency staff in which we were asked to um, dismiss our lawsuit and allow the staff to focus on their conservation priorities um, surrounding the Clear Lake Hitch. And so basically we were told to dismiss our lawsuit and let the agency do its job. Um, we declined to do that because, you know, we we thought about the fact that we had petitioned in 2012 and it was almost a decade at that point since the petition when they declined to list the species. And so we thought, you know, letting them do their job had already placed the species in such a precarious status that we couldn't wait any longer. And so we filed our um, opening motion for summary judgment in February of 2022. And then um, I actually went to Clear Lake in early March, the heart of the spawning season for the Clear Lake Hitch. And I stood in the spawning streams that were completely bone dry and there was no spawning. There were no fish that I could see in the tributaries because, I mean, I picked up handfuls of rocks. In April, um, sort of that prompted us to negotiate with the agency to try to get them on a faster schedule. And once they read our opening brief, presumably um, they um, they offered to settle the case and, and we accepted and, and we worked out a, a schedule where now the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has committed to reviewing the status of the Clear Lake Hitch and issue a new decision about whether the hitch should be listed as endangered or threatened. And I'll do that by January 12th of 2025. Um, but as I'm sure you're aware, state biologists have said that the hitch might not have that long. It was projecting um, a five-year span of of persistence for the species last year. And so we're we're another year in, and um, it's, it's very clear that this year's spawning season, which actually begins next week, is crucial for the species to continue existing at all. So the hitch was put on the agenda for the October Fishing Game Commission meeting. And at that meeting, several representatives 
and elders and um, tribal council members offered testimony that again described their fears of the imminent loss of the hitch without any action prior to this spawning season this year. In that meeting, they compared the importance of the hitch for the tribes around Clear Lake as being comparable to the way the Pacific Northwest tribes have a close relationship with salmon. Um, and so after the October meeting, the commission really was moved by the statements by tribal members and elders and asked the California Department of Fish and Wildlife to co-organize a summit in the Clear Lake area in December. And then also um, taking a very unprecedented action, the California Fish and Game Commission sent a letter to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service asking for emergency listing of the Clear Lake hitch, which, you know, I, I've asked folks at the center um, where I work if they had ever heard of a state doing such a thing. And although some agencies and um, local governments have, have taken actions like that, never in in our memory has, has such an action ever been taken by a state agency. So it was a big deal. After the Intergovernmental Summit on the Hitch in December, Lake County Supervisors decided to take their own action. Supervisors Michael Green and E.J. Crandall sponsored an emergency proclamation about the potential extinction of the Clear Lake Hitch. Crandall is Pomo himself, the former tribal chairman of Robinson Rancheria, and remembers gathering plentiful hitch from streams when he was a kid. They put it on the agenda for January 24, 2023. The proclamation is not enforceable and it doesn't outline any specific actions other than asking agencies and the government to get involved. But it's the first time the supervisors in Lake County have taken a public position on the hitch. If it passes, the emergency proclamation might bolster the work of all the tribes, commissions and agencies by providing local buy-in and support, especially of the county water regulators, to protect the hitch. The hearing on the emergency proclamation took place Tuesday, January 24th, at the supervisor's chambers in Lakeport. The room was packed with tribal members, ag folks, and agency representatives. Just before it started, Habema told tribal chairwoman Sherry Trepa talked with me about the urgent need for the supervisors to take action. I'm Sherry Trepa. I'm the chairwoman of Habemetal, Poma of Upper Lake Tribe in Upper Lake, California. We are here for the discussion on the hitch, emergency um, preservation of the hitch. Uh, there's a proclamation on the Board of Supervisors agenda to call for an emergency, a state of emergency to preserve the hitch because the hitch are, um, are in imminent danger of being extinct. Um, U.S. Fish and Wildlife have an effort ongoing, but it's likely not going to take effect until 2026. And it is vital that this upcoming spawning season in 2023 is fruitful for the hitch. And so emergency measures need to be taken today. What is killing the hitch and what needs to be done to keep them from going extinct this year? So there's um, multifaceted issues around all of that. It's the diversion of waterways. It's, you know, um, contributory pesticides, things of that nature that have, and global warming and the drought and you name it. It's all kind of um, combining to cause major issues. 
So why is it coming to a head right now? Because of the upcoming spawning season. And there's actually, you know, support to get some movement on this. And so we are here to talk to the county about taking action. We also have been working with the state. So if this doesn't go in the right direction, we'll be, you know, working with the state to try to have them take some immediate action. How have the state and federal regulators responded to your efforts so far? Oh, well, um, fairly well. It's taken some time. There was a lot of, um, you know, time taken to collect data to see what the status is. And, you know, and that, that really, you know, that makes sense. But our tribe has been working in the community and with other tribes in the county around collecting data for two decades now. My, my son just turned 30, and I remember when he was tagging Hitch back in high school. So it's been an ongoing effort. It, it is um, culturally significant for, you know, traditional practices for our tribes and all the other tribes in the county. It was a main source of food for us, um, you know, prior to modern day. Um, it has declined in population significantly over, the, you know, several decades. But it is of great importance that we preserve it because it will be lost if we don't do something. Lake County Supervisors Jessica Pisca and Michael Green explained that the vote on the proclamation would take place after a series of eight presentations about the status of the hitch. I just want to take a moment and recognize that this is such a, um, this is a big moment to finally have this public forum and to have all the stakeholders present in this room and on Zoom and be able to um, listen to each other and learn from each other. We have tribal nations, we have councils, we have committees, we have boards. We have a lot of people here contributing to the conversation. I don't think it's happened before, and I think that this is um, kind of a, a, a moment that we can all recognize as being really important, and I will turn it over to Supervisor Green. Thank you all for coming. I, I, I agree, this is a significant moment. Uh, there are two parts to this agenda item. The longer part will be uh, these informational presentations. There is also a second item on this uh, agenda item, and that would be a draft emergency proclamation. Over the next several hours into the evening, tribes, regulators, and other groups presented a mountain of data, tables, and charts documenting the Hitch's collapse. I'm Erica Zavaleta, Vice President of the California Fish and Game Commission. The Commission supports this board's and the district's official recognition of an emergency. I'm Mike Briss. I'm the field supervisor in the Sacramento Fish and Wildlife Office. The Fish and Wildlife Service is committed to conserving the hitch. We care about the... My name is Jessica Bean. I am with the State Water Resources Control Board, and I have with me my colleague, um, John Murphy, who's also with the State Water Board. So just a really quick introduction to the California Water Boards. There's one State Water Board and nine regional water boards. Good afternoon, uh, Chair Peske and uh, Supervisors. I'm Eric Sklar. I'm a member of the California Fishing Game Commission, and at the request of Natural Resources Secretary Wade Crofit, I chair the Blue Ribbon Committee for the Restoration of Clear Lake, the BRC. My fellow fishing game Hi everyone, Marina Villajanis, Deputy Water Resources Director for the Lake County Water Resources Department and Watershed Protection District. Um, what we are tasked with here in the Lake County Water Resources Department is the protection and preservation of Clear Lake, um, California's largest natural lake. And with that, as you can see, I've highlighted some programs here. Programs and Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Felipe Laluz. I'm a senior environmental scientist with the California Department of Fish and Wildlife. And I've been coordinating the department's uh, hitch 
recovery and restoration efforts uh, since August. Uh, Clearlink hitch is a subspecies of the Sacramento hitch, uh, Lavinia excelicata chai is a subspecies name. They were listed as threatened under the California Endangered Species Act in 2014, are endemic to Clearlake and its tributaries. So this is a unique subspecies that is found nowhere else uh, in the world. Uh, CDFW began the visual spotting survey in 2014, uh, from 2014 to present uh, to 2022. And in 2022, only 306 individuals were observed. 56% uh, of the observations reported a dry stream bed. And here we see a picture on the right of Adobe Creek uh, taken on March 15th of last year, uh, you know, right at a time when the spotting runs should be occurring. Uh, habitat, an important tributary for Clear Lake Hitch, was dry. Um, in addition to the visual uh, surveys conducted by the department, the United States Geological Survey has begun a summer gillnet survey to monitor Clear Lake Hitch. And this plot uh, is pretty simple. Uh, this, here we see just basically between 2018 and 2019 a pretty substantial decline uh, in the population. And then going over to 2022, there were more consistently not catching fish. So more sampling events resulted in zero. Um, we see that pattern repeat itself and the continued decline in which there are no juveniles recruiting to the population. And in 2022, only six individuals were collected, including two juveniles. So this is the equivalent of, of no children um, being born uh, over multiple generations. The issues facing Clear Lake Hitch do not fall under the purview of any single entity, and it's going to take all of us uh, to make sure this species remains on the landscape. La Luz reported that 92% of the Hitch's habitat in Clear Lake and tributaries has been lost. The gravel beds they need to spawn have been mined and degraded. There are barriers, like bridge footings and improvised dams, that completely cut off the Hitch's access to miles of spawning creeks. Most formidably, surface water diversions, groundwater pumping, and the persistent drought cause the creeks to dry up in the spring during spawning, before the Hitch have a chance to get back to the lake. Chai adults, eggs, and babies get stranded in disconnected pools and then die off when the pools go dry, a process called desiccation. Louis Santana, a fisheries biologist who works for Robinson Rancheria, told the supervisors about rescuing hitch from drying streams. Last spring, I participated in a uh, adult hitch rescue with CDFW. Um, that Big Valley rancher, rancher reported to them. And so we went into Adobe Creek to um, perform some of this rescue, and it included other tribes in the area, Robinson Rancheria, Habimental Upper Lake, Big Valley. I think that was it at the time, but it was, there's also CDFW employees there and uh, local citizens. And so this was late April and early May. There was good habitat right next to Highway 29, but there's disconnections um, in between there and Soda Bay throughout. Upstream of Highway 29 to about Bell Hill Road, there's actually a really good section of habitat available for hitch to spawn and rear in. Uh, but when the streams do go dry, they lose their access back to the lake. Um, and last year, that whole stretch went dry, so anything that did survive after May didn't make it. So there was four pools where we started getting some adults, and then we moved upstream near East Finley Road, and that's where we got the majority 
of the 293 adults that we did end up rescuing. Then there are the aggressive non-native fish that feed on the hitch and their babies in the lake. Introduced pest species like carp and sport fish like bass are ravenous predators. Without the protection of spawning tributaries and tule beds on the shore, juvenile hitch are gobbled up in the open waters of the lake. On top of all of this, Clear Lake has a devastating toxic legacy of pollution from mercury mining and the spraying of DDD in the 1950s to eradicate the Clear Lake gnat. The chemicals persist and continue to undermine the hitch's survival. Good afternoon. Um, thank you for allowing us to speak about the Clear Lake Hitch, the Chai, today. Um, my name is Sarah Ryan. I'm the Environmental Director for the Big Valley Band of Puma Indians. So um, the mantra, the logo, the, the refrain that we've all been saying for uh, most of uh, last summer and, and through now is no more loss of species on our watch. Tribes and researchers have, have long noted that the Chai are struggling. We also know that there's agricultural water demand in and along the creeks, and often it coincides with the chai's spawning and return of the fry to the lake. The chai can't wait for perfect data. There is data already. We've got some data, and we think that there's enough to move forward with improved water management. We also think that agricultural water use data sharing is needed, um, and, and actually um, factual equipment um, data would be quite nice uh, because a lot of it is anecdotal and that can be problematic. So we do believe that curtailments are necessary during the dry years and that better management of the water needs to happen now. Thank you. It would seem like an all-hands-on-deck moment to stop the imminent extinction of the Clear Lake Hitch, but not everyone at the meeting supported the proclamation. I'm Sharon Zoller. I'm the chairperson for the uh, Lake County Agricultural Advisor Committee. Our recommendation is that there's a no vote for the county proclamation at this time. The Chai Council for the Clear Lake Hitch and the Lake County Agricultural Advisory Committee strenuously objected to the possibility of curtailments on groundwater pumping during hitch spawning season from February 15th to May 15th. They pump groundwater to spray on their grapes and pear trees during this time for frost protection. My name is Peter Windrum. Um, agriculture has to be included in all of these discussions. All of them, but with all of them. And ag, I submit, has been wrongfully blamed for the decline of hitch and its authority, and that's the essence of it. We all need farmers in every one of these meetings in order to have the data and the information. You don't see in any of these documents, right? I mean, Agriculture essentially has been excluded. We need to be at the table so that you all can consider what the facts are that we can bring. I apologize, Madam Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you. During nearly five hours of presentations, all the speakers agreed there is no single solution to the crisis. The Chai's survival depends on everyone working together and acting fast. Finally, the mic was turned over to the public, and it became clear what the chai means to the native people of Clear Lake.
Hello, how are you, my friends? My name is Red Pine. I'm from the village of Koi. The village of Koi and its lands owned me. Um, I'm here to tell you some stories that really make a difference culturally. So the Koi Nation did a, um, a Native American Graves Protection uh, Act. So we had to do some studies to find our, our um, cultural items. One of the places we went was to Milwaukee Public Museum. The gentleman who was the first curator for, for that particular museum was a guy by the name of Samuel Barrett. He lived in Calpella. He was the first anthropological student to graduate from UC Berkeley. And before he went to school every fall, he took a long walk and he meandered through these areas from Calpella, Ukiah, and so forth. And he made a lot of friends, collected a lot of things. I went there expecting to find arrowheads and baskets, which were there. The unusual thing, which I did not expect, was a large bag of hitch fish. I wonder what the heck? This guy studied every aspect of what we did. So our family moved away because we were chased away from the area by pioneers at that time. We moved to Sonoma County. Still coming back up here in May for the hitch run, still coming back up here for roundhouse ceremonies. And my mom used to tell me when, in 1950, when she was a little girl, they'd go walk in the creek. Walk in the creek. Reach down, you can feel them around your legs and throw them out. That's how they ate. It was a chew substance. Fast forward another 20 years, as a young man, I'm working clearing some logging down in Sonoma County, worked with the Native Americans there, and they're telling me how hard it was to get hitch, a substance of our people. So my great-grandparents, my great-great-grandparents are from uh, Elem and from Koi, and my mom's dad was from Big Valley. So I've got a lot of relatives, and I heard a lot of stories over the years. So fast forward to this time when I'm 27, and nobody's eating fish. So the promise... Of, of this fish coming back for a Native American substance is looking highly unlikely without us doing something. My name is Joe Weber. I'm a Big Valley Tribal member and Housing Committee Chairman. I live on the Rancheria on the shores of Clear Lake. My family is the Hopper Clan. I am a cultural practitioner. My relationship with the Hitch is symbiotic. For 18 years I've been harvesting fish. Studies show that within three to five years the hitch will be gone. We need to understand that Clear Lake Hitch is, is the only place in the world that the hitch lives is in Clear Lake. The hitch is not just a source of subsidence, it's a part of our culture. My Aunt Genevieve Hopper and my Uncle Nelson Hopper talked about how the families go out and harvest the hitch. They'd share their knowledge with the hitch with us, how the families work together to fillet, salt, and dry them so that we can store them and eat them later for the years. I have fond memories of my brothers and sisters uh, and my kids going out and catching the fish, bringing them back to my moms and aunties. Soon I'll be the age to where I won't be able to go get the hitch. It'll be up to my kids. Hopefully my grandkids will have this opportunity. We won't be able to be carrying on these traditions without, without your help. This is why I come before you to ask for your support, to make sure Clear Lake Native's source of substance and culture will carry on. We've passed our knowledge of the hitch from family to family. We are the original stewards of the land. 
Help us make sure our children have a future with a hitch. It's not just a fish you'll be saving. It's a tradition, a healthy way of life for the clear-lived natives. Don't let the hitch go extinct on your watch. Thank you for your time. Hello, um, my name is Alicia Costianos. I work for Big Valley Rancheria. Um, I'm also a tribal member at Big Valley Rancheria. Um, I am 21 years old and I have never experienced hitch, um, fishing for hitch. I have never eaten a hitch. Um, it's not because I don't want to, it's because there's not enough. I hope that changes can be made for future generations so they won't have to miss out like I did. Thank you guys for having this open discussion for us. Thank you. Robert Gary How are you today? My name is Robert Gary. Um, I'm from Alem. I work for Habemetal. Um, I'm the Tribal Historic Preservation Officer. Um, Hitch falls under um, a tribal cultural resource. Something under two main resources that sustained um, our communities, acorns and the hitch. And so these are two um, really important um, parts of our life, important, important parts in created events, ceremonies surrounding these things. As a boy, I used to fish for these fish in Schindler Creek and in Siegler Creek down at the south part of the lake. My older children, I taught them we've actually went out and fished for these fish. My younger children have never gotten the opportunity, just like her because of the numbers that they're in. So there has to be a plan. The proclamation is there and it creates us to have a plan, to be able to help us sustain this resource, this tribal resource, this cultural resource. So I'm asking you know, to make sure that we take that into consideration when it is brought up at our next, um, you know, next phase, I guess, of this meeting. But I thank you for taking the time to, to listen to all of the concerns, especially from the tribal communities. Um, the ag communities, but we can only do this um, as a united front and collaborate together um, in the collection of all of this data to make really good plan and decision for the survival of the hitch. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Uh, my name is Rob Morgan. I'm a tribal member and the executive assistant with the Koi Nation. I think that this is a decision that is urgent. So much has changed in the last 150 years compared to the, the last 10,000 years. We were stewards of this land. <clears throat> we were here when, um, when, even when we were being killed by the grizzly bear, we still lived with them. We didn't try to exterminate them. We lived with them. One of the last traditional ceremonies that were put on, um, burials that were put on on one of the southeastern islands um, was due to a bear attack, a grizzly attack. And um, I, I just recently, I don't, I don't know if you guys seen it, but on the clock of doomsday, doomsday it's moved forward in the last, I, I believe the decision was made um, in the last 24 hours. You know, this is, it, th these are scientists that are talking about this. We are, we are exterminating ourselves. And part of the reason it has to do with is because we're not making decisions right. We can learn from our history. 
I, I learned a lot of stuff from the archaeologists from around the lake. And one of the things that they say is the reason why we have the cultural protection that we have now is to learn from our past, to learn from our, our ancestors, the people that were the original stewards of this land. And I do believe that th it's urgent. It's urgent that we do what we can. As a Native American, I'm, it's my responsibility to be a steward of this land. So everything that I can do, I do. But that's no longer on us no more as Native people. It's on all of us. Everybody that's here now that lives on this land, you, you are now the caretakers as well. It's not just us anymore. So I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you. Even supervisors E.J. Crandall and Moke Simon, both Pomo tribal members who grew up along the lake, told stories of the hitch from their childhoods. There is an emergency here. I know there's a lot of agencies working on that, um, but I just want to continue the conversations. I myself uh, was lucky as a young man with Monk Led to go actually to Abemato, Upper Lake, the old res over there. We used to go every year when I was a young guy and collect the hitch, and it was... Just as you said, you almost felt like you could walk across the creek because there were so many hitch in there, you know, as you pull them out. So I was lucky enough to experience what was talked about with Ron, Ron Montez and, and, you know, whether or not we get back there. But the existence of the hitch is, as he said, in our blood, in our people. And I think it's something when we talk about putting Lake County on the map, uh, cultural tourism, the long history here, in combination with the partnerships that we have with our organizations, I think is <laughs> extremely important and obviously near and dear to my heart. I don't know how we get it, but I clearly understand the ag community, and I didn't hear anybody from either side saying, don't care about the hitch. This is not something that I heard in this conversation. So from my point of view, I know there's there's equal ground that we can land on here to support both industries, uh, both from the tribal and our community needs, but also from the ag industry, because that's part of what Lake County is too. So um, I think we can get there. If we're gonna push it off, fine, but eventually action needs to be taken. But despite the emergency nature of the proclamation, at the end of the day, the supervisors put off the vote until February 7th. We will be moving on to um, section B, consideration of draft proclamation, declaring a Clear Lake hitch emergency. Supervisor Green, you wanna present? While I do think there is a need for an emergency proclamation, uh, this is one of the slower moving emergencies uh, and this is gonna be an ongoing effort and um, I'm encouraged, as much as I'm discouraged by some of the things I've heard in this room tonight, I'm, uh, encouragement is, is uh, the much greater emotion I'm feeling now. Just as the summit brought people together uh, so they could exchange ideas in a very candid, in-person way, uh, this item tonight has managed to do that. So I hope there are some first introductions that got made here today, and I hope some of those uh, uh, actions can continue. Uh, but I think because we do have some other agenda items and because I don't think um, uh, uh, this proclamation going up or down tonight is going to be the make or break of this, um, I'm seeking board consensus to continue this to the February 7th meeting. Supervisor Crandall? Yeah, so, I mean, even if, uh, you know, I'm prepared to move forward today, but if we were, 
it doesn't seem you need four to one for this to pass. So um, I think I think I'm on board because it'd be awkward to you know call for the resolution and we get a three two or something like that or vice versa. Um, so I'd rather push it forward than to go through that awkward moment. Chairwoman Trepa expressed her disappointment with the decision to delay the vote. Good evening. Um, I just want to make a comment regarding carrying this over to February 7th. I can appreciate both the sponsor's position on wanting to do that if you don't feel you have the votes, which it's becoming apparent that you probably don't. Um, it, it is disappointing, to say the least, that a proclamation, and thank you for again for proposing it, um, where items one through eight, and there are nine, Items one through eight call on others to take action, and the county is only taking action on one item, and it's pretty nominal. Um, so to say this is should be routine, you're absolutely right. It should be routine because it's not enough. And even Supervisor Sabatier said that it's not enforceable, and in fact, that's, that's, that's very true. It, it, it doesn't go far enough. Um, but it is disappointing that if this can't get passed by just calling on other agencies, then I, I worry about getting any meaningful action on this issue that is, uh, you know, it's, it's dire. Um, so I hope that if it comes up on February 7th that you all do support it, um, and we will try to send someone to that meeting. After the hearing, I asked Sarah Ryan, the environmental director for the Big Valley Band of Pomo Indians, what she thought about the supervisors postponing the vote. Can you just explain to me briefly how they didn't vote for that tonight? I mean, the, the momentum seemed to be there, and the, the, it well, seems like it's obviously an emergency. So what happened? What did we just see? Well, it, they did, uh, going into the meeting, it was split to two specific separate items you know on the agenda and the the first was just informational but it was uh, there was a lot of politics in the information um so the emergency proclamation really would have taken kind of a whole nother set of discussions um including the actions that you know kind of the whereas you have the whereas is and now let it be resolved that you know the action items of the emergency proclamation um really do need to be debated, and I think um, I, I think that you know, coming from our program with the tribe, that we want to see more things in there, more enforcement, and more requirements. So, um, but I think it was just that everybody, you know, a lot of people sort of petered out. They think it needs more. So uh, it wasn't. Is the board divided on this? Do you think, or do you think they well, have the they, votes? They need to. It needs to be passed by four fifths of the of the. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to pass, you know, even um, I, I don't know if it would have passed tonight. I don't know if it's going to pass um, the next time around. Kind of thinking it's not going to. So, yeah, but that's fine because the state agencies can still press down on the things that need to get done. And they're willing and ready and able to do that. Even though the chai is a little thing, the many interlocking threats to its survival are huge. 
Meg Townsend of the Center for Biological Diversity says some of the biggest problems that face our society and our world are found here, too, in this struggle to protect one small freshwater fish. It really, it's sort of a symbol of what has happened to the people there. Um, the way that the hitch has been neglected and abused and and sort of explained away like oh well they'll be fine <laughs> they lay a lot of eggs and they can adapt to their surroundings and they live a long time you know those are not scientific reasons for not listing and so it's a similar story for how you know the people in the county had been treated for so long and I, that's why you know the recent actions by the Fish and Game Commission to really pay attention to the tribal voices and to um, respond in such a profound way by asking Secretary Holland to, to emergency list the hitch is so important and is so um, necessary. And and I'm grateful that they've done that. And, and hopefully it's not too late for the, for the Clear Lake hitch. Hello, my name is Ron Montez. I'm an elder from the Habenapo tribe. Um, I was raised on Elem. I was born in 1949 in Calusa and moved to Lake County with my mom, who was a single mom. She raised me. And we lived on Elem. She married a, a man from what they call then Sugar Bowl, which is Scotts Valley now. And we have um, been a people that has a history in Lake County. Um, you wouldn't look, believe it now, but there was one time my cousin was, Marvin Brown was the, the homecoming king for the Lower Lake Trojans. Man, all, the, all our relatives were so happy. And, and so after him, he, two uh, two, he was like two years older than me. And so after him, I became the tribe, the homecoming king. And everybody thought, woo. And then after that, his younger brother, Thomas Brown, became the homecoming king of Lower Lake Trojans. And after him, our cousin Rich Stewart became the homecoming king of Lower Lake Trojans. So we have uh, participated in our sports, in our communities, in our ceremonies, in our roundhouses, and in our um, pride that we have in how our ancestors lived before us and how they managed to keep food. Although it was a different time, there was more abundance of food, but there was a responsibility that they had for their culture, for their families, and for the fish, the water, the trees, the animals, the berries and the grasses that we survived on. And so we're here today, again, bringing up 
Um, and looks like there's gunslingers in here. They're all positioning and we're looking for which way is the sun pointing. So it's in somebody else's eyes. But I want you to remember the Native American people in the United States of America has always been and still is thought of as a savage that we don't have what it takes to become civilized. And it's proven because they took away everything that we had. And it was open season on Native American people in the United States and in this state of California that for our heads, for our beheading, and even for the scalp that was taken, they paid $5 when a day's wages was a quarter. And then they paid $100 for each head that was brought in. Our government sponsored that and paid. And so that is part of our history, which is not taught or preached in our school systems. But I know it. And many of my fellow tribal people here know it. And so when we talk about hitch, some people say, oh, that's just a fish. It doesn't have that much weight to it because you can eat other fish. But there was a time not too long ago when people Native people would come from Sonoma, Mendocino, Sacramento area. Up north would come down and camp around these creeks we're talking about. And in that place, they would meet other tribal people. They would, they would trade and they would look for new husbands and wives. And, and they would uh, share their stories around this fish that we're talking about. And then that fish was in so abundant supply that every one of those tribal people who came, they took home enough to supply their food for until the next season. And in that act of gathering this fish, there was such a community, a sharing of values where the young kids would go in and grab them and, and hand them over to the older ones. And the community afterwards, you know, all those fish had to be cleaned. And our older women, our dakaras, would sit around and they would scale them all up, cut them open, cut all the guts out and salt them. And as kids would grab them and would go and uh, we'd take them and hang them on the, on the lines or wherever on the, on the tree limbs until they dried and we gathered and put them in a big sack. And that's what we lived on. There was a long time here in Lake County where Indians could not get a job. We had to go out and do some of the worst jobs around. William Benson, who was a tremendous uh, man, that a pomo man that made baskets, had to sell them 
just to make a living. We had to travel from here to other counties for work. So they won't hire us here. And so we had to make do with what we had. And that fish, our chai, our sha in our language, that sustained us. And it was not the best smelling fish around. But it was a jerky, it was a food source that I still crave today because I have that in my DNA. I have witnessed that. I'll shut down here in just a minute. And I want you to know that today, I would encourage every one of the groups in here, lay down your arms. Get back to what's real here. We're talking about people. We're talking about a culture. We're talking about my ancestors who lived here thousands of years before there was the United States, before there was the California, before there was a Lake County, and before there were any crops out here on these hills. Those are the weightier manners, matters that we need to keep our focus and attention on because those are the things that will help us learn and work together, solve difficult problems, and show, show these other counties that we can do it here in Lake County. We can. So lay down your arms. Let's do this thing. Let's support one another. Everyone commit to do what you can to help. And I, I, I commit to do that too. So if my three minutes is up, thank you. Thank you. That was Ron Montez, Big Valley Pomo Elder, speaking at the Lake County Board of Supervisors in Lakeport on January 24th. The emergency proclamation on the hitch will come back before the board for a vote on Tuesday, February 7th at 1.30 p.m. Meanwhile, those cold tributary waters are flowing and the hitch will be on the move in the next few weeks. Keep them in mind, this is a very important season for them. And if you're near the lake, see if you can hear the bittern. This has been Episode 2 of the Unmanageable Podcast, news from the unruly people and places of Mendocino County. Yes, I realize this episode focused on Lake County, but our stories are interconnected, and I'm pretty sure our neighbors in Lake are every bit as unmanageable as we are. I'm your host, Alicia Bales. I'm so grateful to everyone who shared their voices with me for this episode. Special thanks to Vice Chairman Dino Beltran, Chairwoman Sherry Trepa, Sarah Ryan, Mio Marufo, Robert Geary, and Meg Townsend. And of course, huge thank you to all of you who've supported this effort so far by downloading, subscribing, listening, and donating. According to people who know these things, Unmanageable is currently ranked 145th on the Apple Podcast News and Commentary list. It's really cool that you're listening. Thank you. 
If you'd like to be in touch with questions, comments, or story ideas, send me an email at unmanageablemendocino at gmail.com. You can make a financial contribution to keep this podcast going by following the PayPal link in the episode summary. You'll also find links to my sources for this episode with useful information about the Clear Lake Hitch. Theme music for this episode is Stumptown by Zach Borden. I'll be back soon with episode three. Thanks again for listening. For the Unmanageable Podcast, I'm Alicia Bales. Thank you.